Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I'm running Business Support Mastermind, which is a mastermind program I run. It's one of four mastermind programs I run. And I've had a really good question here from Andrew. And Andrew has asked, how do you target your high-value clients? How do you get the clients that spend big and spend regularly? Um, and he does debt collection and he doesn't want someone who's got debt for a 35 uh, pound window clean. He wants someone who's got, um, you know, good revenue streams for him and his business. So I've got seven ways that they're kind of steps in a, in a process, but they're also strategies for you to ta- target your highest value clients in whatever your business model is. I think these will work across most business models. Right. So the first thing is you need to know your ICP. And that is your ideal client profile, unless you've actually written out your ideal client profile. So my ideal client profile is 40 to 50 year old women who are looking to reinvent their career, looking to transition, transition their job. They have two children, um, etc. They earn £100,000 plus a year. You know, there's an example, ideal client profile. Unless you have an ideal client profile, you cannot target your marketing and your messaging and your ads uh, uh, you know, and ultimately set up your business, knowing which clients to say yes to and which clients to say no to. Um, so you actually want to write down an ideal client profile and put it in, in, in a paragraph. Now, you may have more than one, depending on your business model. Uh, I'll probably come back and refer back to that. The second point then is you want to go to all your existing clients and you want to rank them from ideal at the top to idiot at the bottom. I shouldn't say that. Um, We were trying to find a word for a client who you don't want, who you'd pass on to your competition, and we couldn't exactly find a word. So let's call them a non-client or a non-buyer or a window shopper. You can call them whatever you want within your own four walls. But let's say you've had 100 clients. You've got to rank them top to bottom. So top would either be your highest value client. So my highest value clients invested about 120 grand in my companies in their lifetime. Um, and then, of course, my, my lowest value client would be, what, £3.49 on one month supporter program. Now, I have thousands of clients, so I wouldn't do that. I'd just take the top 100. And now my top 100 clients are probably £20,000 plus. Um, but yeah, Heena's just put here, sack them off client. Call them an S-T-O-C, a sack them off client. Um, Now, a lot of people will find this difficult when you start. If you can't do this at the start, you need to build your process up to doing this. Um, Because why might you not be able to do this at the start? One, you might not yet have any clients or you might not have 100 clients or start with how many clients you've got. Um, But also you might not have tracked the origin of the client. You might not have known they came from a Facebook ad or they came from reading your book Life Leverage or they came from coming to your property super conference or whatever. So it's vital from now on that you source the leads and the origin. It's the important, the origin of your clients. Now, if your clients have multiple touch points with us, ours do. Ours might have read one of my books. 
uh, money and then listen to my Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. Um, and then six months later, they opted in um, to, to a report I got and then they got sent a series of emails and then they came to a webinar and then they came to an event. Well, actually, the origin is either the book or the podcast uh, six or, or nine months ago. So you have to track the original source of the lead because what you're going to do is you're going to increase your marketing um, to those marketing channels and platforms which source you either the best volume or the best quality or both. Now, your best customers are not all ranked equal. You can rank them be best in terms of the amount that they spend. Now, let's say they all spend the same. Well, you've, then you've got the, the ranked in terms of your ease of dealing with them because some clients might spend the same money but might give you twice the overhead in, in administration and customer um, care that they need. You know, they may be a bit of a diva client. So however you rank your source of clients best, to, to not necessarily to worst, but best to sort of lowest ideal client, you need to do that. Um, and then what you need to do is you need to match against it the source of that client. So let's say your top three clients came from Google AdWords, your next three came from um, the book money, your next three came from YouTube ads, your next three came from Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast, you know, whatever, but, or they might just all be, all, all be random. Um, but you're going to um, rank in order, uh, you're going to put to the side of them. I'm just visualizing a spreadsheet for you here until you've got a proper dashboard. Um, but you're just going to put next to, um, you, you know, the client where you where they were sourced from. And then you're going to hit a sell to order it that way. So uh, in um, in one column, you're going to have top to bottom quality of client. In another column, you might have top to bottom quality in terms of revenue or lifetime client value. And then in another column, you're going to have next to them where you source them from. And then when you change the order of the column, it should rank it so that you've got maybe you've got 10 from the money book, 10 from life leverage book, 15 from the podcast, the disruptive entrepreneur, 65 from Facebook ads, 75 from YouTube ads. Um, let's just I just I just seen a comment here. Um, yeah. Continuous improvement. David has just said, and he's absolutely right by that. Um, now, you could, if you've got more data, segment by age, demographic, uh, geography, etc. But that's how you get more um, detailed information on your clients. Hi, it's Rob here, interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anything. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward 
forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. Okay, then the next thing you want to do um, is you probably want to rank your worst clients as well. Um, and you want to make sure that clients like that you don't allow in next time. So we've all gone, yeah, all right, to a client. We've taken a client we've been on the fence about, and we've probably regretted that later. Now, no two clients have the same value, even if they spend the same amount of money. And that's a really important thing for me to say. No two clients have the same value to you. One client could pay you and tip you and be very grateful and refer you and get you another five clients uh, and cause you no grief whatsoever and really talk nicely about you on social media. Another client could try and blag a 30% discount, hang off your pants, which are already around your ankles, hang off your legs as you're trying to walk away from them. Um, and then, you know, nick all your food out your fridge and go upstairs and have a go on your missus as well. They all rolled in as a bonus. So you've definitely got different <laughs> quality of client. So as soon as you get, and now I'm being a bit flippant here, but there are just some clients that maybe aren't in your niche, aren't in your demographic. They, you know, they, they, they're just not the right age range or they just don't have the, the, the right amount of money. You know, there might be Casio watch buyers instead of Rolex watch buyers. And that's absolutely fine. But you need to work out who this... Um, it's almost like a reverse ideal client. It's a non-ideal client. Um, so for us, we've done loads of testing on, in marketing uh, and um, Groupon produced us pretty much the worst quality of leads we've ever found. And we'd get thousands of leads sometimes and they'd spend nothing, no matter how hard we tried. Um, if we gave them a million pounds, they wouldn't give us a fiver back. I'm not knocking Groupon. I'm just saying for us, that was not a good lead source. It, it brought the wrong kind of uh, client. So that's the third thing you need to do is you need to work out that reverse ideal client. Um, and the way you um, often get rid of those kind of clients politely um, is in your who we are not for in your marketing and then pricing them out. So you're not going to have Casio buyers buying Rolex because they've been priced out by Rolex and, and the language and the branding, that's not going to attract the Casio buyer. Nothing, again, nothing wrong with Casio. It's just a different company in a different segment of the market. So if you want to have good quality, regularly paying, um, regularly using your services clients, um, then you know you can um, have... Sometimes your pricing structure, which is very fair, like, um, you know, paying installments or giving discounts can attract the wrong kind of um, client. So you want to be careful with that. Um, we do offers occasionally like Black Friday um, and, and often, in fact, the three worst clients we've had in the last year all came from a Black Friday offer we did. So, um, you know, not just clients who it wasn't right for, not just clients who wanted a refund, clients who spit, spat and got vexatious and threatened and, you know, because this is business and you get them. And certainly if you have enough clients, you're going to get bad ones. Okay, uh, number four then, I think we're on number four, is your marketing language, your, the, the ad copy, you know, where, the, where you target your clients. You've got to have the language that speaks to the ideal client. 
Um, and you can only do that when you know who your ideal client is. Now, often when people write ads or have marketing copy or language or try and reach clients, they're talking in their language rather than the language of the client. And you've got to be very careful. So um, I, I, t I write my books in a very non-sophisticated way uh, with no words that a seven-year-old couldn't read or understand. Um, I, I, was, um, I studied writing traditionally through English, um, English literature. But actually, when I studied writing, actually to write my own books, I read Write to Sell by Andy Maslin and I, wrote, I, I studied quite a lot on writing. And if you wanted mass appeal, you have to have mass appeal. And often you are not your ideal client. And so you have to be careful that you don't put a message out that you like, but it's not for your ideal client. Okay, the fifth thing then is your content, your ads and your offers, your marketing, your language, um, the collateral that you provide, you know, website, brochures, etc. all of that, um, the contents and the ads in those, um, they should overcome the objections of your clients. Um, so if you're a content marketer and you're doing content, just want to say thank you, Ben, for the 500 stars, by the way, you're very generous. Um, if you are doing content marketing and you're not sure what video content to put out there, um, do a survey to your clients, ask them what their biggest problems and pains are that your problem solves, Ask them um, what pains your problem, your product that you have um, that they've already bought. Why did they buy it? What problem were they trying to solve buying it? Um, the people who didn't buy it, why didn't they buy it? And what problem didn't it solve? So essentially, you would ask your clients. You would ask even people who've had refunds. You know, when you employ people, you do exit interviews. Uh, you interview people when they leave. Why? Because you want to know why they leave. So you want to know why your clients leave. You want to know why your clients didn't spend with you or, so, or they spent with someone else. You want to know why they did spend with you. Um, you know what they like about you, what they don't like about you. And then each one of those objections or reasons you turn into content or a marketing message. Um, that's very important. And that will actually turn content into um, a covert sales pitch, which is very powerful. OK, number six, then, is you get them to refer people to you. So... Your the source of your best clients is probably your best clients. So if you have 20 or 50 more good clients, you should be asking them to refer clients to you. You should be paying them a reward or giving them some kind of bonus gift or incentive. And you should, should be asking them more regularly than you probably are to refer people to you. Because it's not just about having referrals, which makes it easy for your marketing. I mean, a refer getting referrals is frictionless marketing and it's uh, costless marketing. But it's actually, it's, so it's not just the fact that you're getting a client, it's the fact that you're getting the ideal kind of client because your ideal clients know other ideal clients like them. So the best source of your ideal clients is your ideal clients referring them. Uh, and then the seventh thing you want to do is you want to sell more to your existing clients. So a lot of people have this client bank. They don't know that they have this client bank. Um, you know, they're always going for new customers instead of thinking, oh, look at all the existing customers that I have that maybe need my services again. Now, I like a two-step approach. I've done podcast episodes on this, so you can listen to that on The Disruptive Entrepreneur. I've got like a, almost a scripted way of, of getting referrals. Um, and the first way is often to get feedback, to, to reconnect. You know, maybe it's a client you haven't spoken to for a while and you don't want to sell to them immediately or Maybe you need to get some feedback in, in, in terms of their need for the product or service. And then you go away and you go and take their feedback and you collate it and you publish them the results and the improvements that you're going to make. And then that becomes your pitch um, for either getting referrals or getting them back in um, as a client again. 
So there you go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let me summarize them. How to target high value clients. Number one is you need an ideal client profile and you need it written down and you need to base that on your hybrid DNA. Um, you know, like those, um, what is it, Marvel? And they're creating all these characters now and they're all like um, forged, fused superpowers of all the best superheroes you've ever had. Well, you need to think of all your best clients and like merge their DNA into an ideal client profile. That was a shit analogy, but you know what I mean. The second thing is you're going to um, rank the source of your best customers. So you're going to rank them by revenue, top to bottom. You're going to rank them by quality if it's not revenue because they're all the same price. Rank them by lifetime client value. Then you're going to put the lead source next to them. Then you're going to change the sell order so you can batch the lead sources. And then you're going to go back and do marketing in your top lead sources. Um, and you're going to double down and scale up on that marketing. Because often they said um, there's an age old adage in marketing that goes, you know, half your marketing will work or half your spend will get a return. You just don't know which half. And so you have to be careful not to be chucking money randomly at these ads, which aren't necessarily going to get any return. How do you know the ads that are going to get a return? Because you're going back to the ads that have already sourced a client, which means you need to track all your ads. Okay, third thing then is um, pricing out or um, putting off non-buyers or low-value buyers with, you know, um, progressive property are not for, and you can make a list in your marketing of the kind of people that progressive property uh, uh, does not want to attract as a client um, and pricing them out uh, or um, using your brand or your language to, um, to talk beyond them, to, to not attract them, to repel them. Uh, th th which is reflected, of course, in number four, which is your marketing language. Your marketing language needs to speak to your ideal client, not you. You, you shouldn't be writing any copy speaking to you. It should be to your ideal client um, and, and not everyone. Your, your copy should, you know, your marketing, your collateral, your brand, the look and the feel, everything about your company should not speak to everyone. Um, the next thing, number five, I'm just summarizing, uh, you create content and ads and collateral to overcome individual objections. Um, number six is you get them to refer other people to you. And then number seven is you sell them more of your products and services. So thanks for tuning in. I'm actually on a live uh, mastermind as we speak now, but I thought I'd record it for a video. So I love you all. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.